it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer and the brewing industry and have a conversation with the people who make the industry what it is and see what we can learn from them. I'm Brews News Editor Matt Kirkegaard and this week we return to Brisbane's Felons Brewery to meet brand director Dean Romeo and revisit Tom Champion, its brewery director. We last spoke to Felons Brewing before COVID, just months after the Howard Smith Wharves development on Brisbane's Riverside opened. The huge complex has dramatically changed the hospitality face of Brisbane and Felons is central to the development. I wanted to check in and find out how the hospitality heavy business was going and what they've learned about having a craft brewery that has to cater to the widest of tastes in a venue that sees 10,000 visitors per week. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the changing tastes in beer. A very relevant conversation as this weekend, Felons is launching its Lagerpalooza Beer Festival, celebrating that once maligned section of the beer landscape, lagers. It's a fun but very reflective chat with two terrific and very smart people, and I hope you enjoyed it just as much as you'll hear that we did. Dean Romeo, Tom Champion, welcome to Beer is a Conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, Dean, I think amazingly, this is the first time we've had you on the podcast. No, surely not. I don't know. I know we've had Ash. Tom played second fiddle to Ash once before. I mean, you know, I like to think we were equal fiddles, but we'll. It, it was. Early. I don't think we talked much uh, when 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 Ash no, was on. No, in so fairness, in maybe fairness, it is yeah. my first time. Go easy on me, guys. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll be gentle. But maybe, uh, well, given it is potentially your first time, maybe you can start by telling us who is Dean Romeo. Who is Dean Romeo? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's lovely to be here. Um, so I've spent the better part of my life in the good beer industry in Australia. Um, so I started out, well, even just before beer, I will just lightly touch on my small stint in wine, um, at Shadowfax Winery in Victoria in Werribee South. Everybody was saying you can't grow wine or grapes out there. And Matt Harrop, who is now the, uh, head winemaker at Curly Flat, proved them wrong. Um, So, yeah, I spent a little bit of time at Shadowfax Winery in Victoria um, before taking a bit of a pilgrimage across the Nullarbor Plains to Fremantle in Western Australia, which is where I fell in love with little creatures and and everything that 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 business kind of stood for. And and I guess the the movement in craft beer that was around 2009, I believe, in around Easter time. And I started working there and and eventually just kind of worked my way up the different roles through hospitality to, yeah, finish up at that business around 2013 as a venue manager. So um, that was a really cool experience to start as a glassy, to become, you know, a waiter, team leader, duty manager, assistant venue manager, and then a venue manager under Little Creatures in in the glory years um so to speak at least i refer to that because that's when i was there we always <laughs> no, say glory years when you're there i was actually going to ask does that mean that they're not in their glory years now or yeah well i thought but, that as i was saying it but i'm sure they're still having lots of glory so anybody to work in the little creatures i salute you and i'm sure that you're in a glory phase right now um, well, and that's where we first met and in fact i've got a photo of you at the launch of little creatures geelong um, when were you the hospitality manager or the the, the venue yeah. manager there? Yeah, I was the first venue manager at Little Creatures in Geelong, which was a pretty cool opportunity. And, and Tom, of course, so I'll, I'll refer everybody back to the chat that we had uh, where you would have outlined your sure. history because you worked with Little Creatures. Did you guys yeah. work together at Little Creatures? We did, yeah. So we um, unfortunately, yeah, I say fortunately, but you know, <laughs> he's tried to shake me for the last decade, hasn't managed it yet. <laughs> Follow him like a bad smell. No, um, no, 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 we we both started at Little Creatures Fremantle around the around the same time, and um, 
developed friendship there. And then, yeah, we. so when I moved to Geelong to set up the operations side of the business, Dean was there setting up the hospitality side and really kindled a good, uh, great relationship and uh, went our separate paths for a little bit and then came together for um, Felons Brewing Co. And it's, uh, again... Next Saturday uh, is the launch of Lagerpalooza, which is Felon's uh, Lager yeah. Festival. And so we, we are going to come back and talk to, to uh, lagers. But one of the things that I, I, I really am fascinated by was I say that Little Creatures is more than any other brewery really kick-started what we came to know as a craft beer revolution. You know, there, there were people, there were breweries that went beforehand, but it was Little Creatures that really kicked off the broad popular awareness of yeah, yeah. Um, craft beer and primarily because of its Little Creatures Pale Ale, which was a hop-driven yep. um, American Pale Ale. Yeah, and the quarantine license that they had to those American hops, yeah. you know, unheard of in Fremantle. That was uh, such a such a turning point in, in good beer, craft beer, whatever you want to call it in Australia, is to be able to to um, secure a quarantine license to bring in hops from the US in their flower form, that really kind of set creatures on a. I oh know it gave depth to that to that uh, conversation that you've but just it gave, highlighted. Yeah, a lot of legitimacy. But again, yeah, there's so many ways that this conversation. We have to have you on multiple times, I think. But uh, we can talk all day. Uh, so, so going to that, we are looking at lager. But before yeah. we do, you know. We're sitting here under the Story Bridge, looking over Brisbane City and the river um, at Felons, which was the last time I spoke to you, Tom, and, and Ash. It was a year after, and it's fair to say that Howard Smith Wharves has exploded into Brisbane uh, like, like a bomb, and so has Felons. Um, and I, I think it's fair in saying that when we spoke last time, there was a note of apology in the beers that you were making because... You know, five years ago, they were you know, probably not the edgiest bit. They were always good, but not the edgiest beer. But do you feel a little bit vindicated, you know, five years on when you see the popularity and the volume of beer that uh, you're pushing that you went the right way or what, what you could argue is the right way for your beers? Yeah, look, I, um, I, I wouldn't say I feel vindicated. I never felt hard, hard done by or, or, or like we were doing something I didn't naturally want to do. Um, think but you were, con- I don't want to cut you off, but you say that, but you were very conscious of the beers that you were making for a certain consumer set was going to get what could fairly be said as a little bit of derision. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you were conscious of it, but it, 100% it didn't change percent Conscious it. Yeah. that the beers we were making are approachable, good quality <laughs> beers, but not, not, not groundbreaking or pushing the boundaries yeah. of brewing or using strange ingredients or, or different yeasts or... Um, purely because, yeah, we're trying to keep up with, with what was happening on the, in the success of the site. Um, and that hasn't stopped. You know, that has, hasn't stopped. But we have got a lot better at our processes and, and keeping up with production and, and allowed ourselves a chance to dabble in some of the things that are untouched, such as barrel-aged beer. You know, that, that, the barrel-aged program we're running at the moment is um, it's really, really exciting. And I feel like we're at the, at the forefront of that, you know, so it's, it's now that we're a bit further along the journey, you know, when you when you spoke to us last time, I don't think we we're even a year old, you know, an infantile business, just just trying to understand what to produce and how to how to stay afloat, basically. I, I think it was just about a year, but at the same time, again, I was struck at the time that three months before you opened, I had people telling me that it was going to fail. It's a stupid, you know, why would anyone walk here because you're so far away from the CBD, and yet. This is almost the centre of the hospitality, the, the hospitality centre of Brisbane these days. Absolutely, I mean, I yeah, we um, the amount of times I hear that you know anyone who who lives in Brisbane and they have people coming to visit Brisbane and they say where should we go and it's always you know Felons, Howard Smith Wharves, um, it. And it's it's come after a lot of a lot of labour, a lot of effort goes into to hospitality, and that's one of the things I've learnt here the most is just how hard it is to operate good quality hospitality. Really, I mean, it's a beautiful location, so tick that box. But there's a hundred other boxes to tick to deliver a wonderful experience for people, of which beer is a piece of as well. How hard is it as a brewer to integrate with, you know? Brewers make beer, but at the same time, to hear you say that, like there's an integration between the hospitality side of it, 
that no doubt you have to be cognizant of when with every beer that you make. You, there's there's um, uh, equal respect right now to me that goes both ways between hospitality and brewing. I, I think what we do in brewing is is um, is a craft, and we've you know the team we have has years of experience that's been built up to produce these the beers that we produce. Um, but that's likewise on the hospitality front, you know, and I and I think. A fresher faced me, a, 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 you know, a, a 32 year old Tom, as opposed to a 37 year old now Tom, would say hospitality is not that hard. You slap a bar up, you put a till on the on the counter, and what you serve some beers, and it's and it, it's straightforward, right? But what we're doing is so is so much harder and sciencey and difficult. But now I'm I'm so much more um, impressed and proud of, of, and now I've seen the inner workings of a hospitality business. It is it is grueling. It is such hard work. Um, you know, the staff turnover you have because the nature of the people that work in hospitality, students, travellers, backpackers, um, maintaining beer education when you have that sort of, you know, turnstile of, of employees coming through. Um, that's just one, one piece of the puzzle. Great food, good, good um, time on beers coming out to people. Everything, everything contributes to a great experience down here and I've got a, a, a huge amount of respect for what our hospitality team and, and what Dean, you know, spearheading that from the very get-go, his background in, in hospitality has got us to where we are. That's a pretty good summary, I have to say, of the, the challenges of hospitality, Dean, because it's... Yeah. And, and it, 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 I, I think it's one of the huge realisations that the brewing industry has come to is it's not just if we make beer, people will come. Yeah. They need to be well served at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I, I think that that's, if you think about it from a point of view of a, of a battle, I mean, we're all trying to run a business. Most people that are probably tuning into this podcast are running their own brewing business. Half of the battle is making really high-quality, world-class beer. Um, the other half is connecting that to people that are excited by it and that want to drink it. Um, and hospitality, as, as Tom kind of kind of alluded to, is the conduit. Um, it's about connecting people to um, those philosophies, that approach to ingredients, process, um, and I know adapting. I think hospitality, in a nutshell, is all about adaptability. You know, um, if I take any experience from my time as a waiter, it's you need to have about eight different faces and be able to put that face on at any minute throughout your shift. Like, you know, you got to kind of walk up to a table and, and, and assess and judge or whether it's behind, if you're a bartender behind the bar, you got to kind of just assess in what short time you have, who that person is, maybe what they will want and just kind of project yourself forward in a way, you know, recommend something in a way that you think might land correctly. And eight times out of ten, if you're good, you'll get it right. And those other two percent, those other two times, you've got to kind of be ready to bounce back and just roll into what that anomaly could be. But it would be, it would be very easy. Again, like I don't know, there's a better view in Brisbane um, than than here. And it would be very easy to dismiss the success of this venue as being it's all what we're seeing yeah. not the experience that we're having here yeah um, totally th but there's a lot more because it's it's a busy busy place yeah we get about 10,000 people walk through this precinct every week mm -hmm. um, and hospitality is a variable business it's it, it's people it's there's no robots running this place it's you're reliant on on you know there's I believe there's about 700, just over 700 staff between Felons Brewing Co. Um, and Felons Barrel Hall and our brewery operations um, on the books. Over, just over 700 people. Do you know the average turnover rate? Because not, not just, just because, as Tom said, they are backpackers, they are visitors, they're students. There would be a... I would imagine there'll be a churn of that, and yet yeah. having bringing them up to a consistent level of service. Um, That's hard experience. work. Experience, yeah, yeah, it's hard work. So variable is the key word, really, and I think it depends on the time of year. Like this time of year, generally, we're working really hard to onboard enough people to sail us through into the new year. 
Um, but this this year, t- 2023, for example, um, we're looking pretty good. So we're, we're on average bringing around 20 to 30 people into our business per month to just reach like new new employees into the business per month to reach what kind of par level we want. In terms of percentage of churn, I don't know that off the top of my head, but we, we like our philosophy in terms of people, like people is paramount to these kinds of businesses. Like if you know, yeah, I, I do feel like if you're not aware of that um, and you're running a brewing company or a hospitality business then take this advice on board people are everything they're the, they're they're your spearhead they're the the shine to your tip of the arrow um of success and i think that treating your people with success uh, treating your people with respect um and, and giving them the time and listening and catering um you know what they want out of their life and, and and dropping them into place in your business is is paramount to retention and and to keeping them on board and to having a, a really rock solid team where everybody loves and enjoys what they do there's that whole mantra around where if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life I, I, <laughs> I am a walking example of that oh, like well, you, i am you, you may never work harder but anything that you have to do, you know, like again, like it's. Um, sorry, I, I'm I too optimistic. See, that's my problem. But honestly, that's that like that's who I am. Like I bounce out of bed and I'm stoked. Um, it doesn't matter if I've got a shit day full of meetings or whether I don't. And maybe I'm a bit of an anomaly in that space. But I feel like we try to foster a culture in our business that. Um, that that encourages positivity and encourages people to show up, show their best side of themselves, and if they do that, they're going to be rewarded for that. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, just, no, sorry, <laughs> so, no it, it, it's, it's just one of those, you know, anything you have to do as a creator, and it, it, it's mindset. Like, it, and, yeah. and, and if you come to it positively, you know, there, there are worse jobs that you would have done, I'm sure. Um, in, 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 in your life. Man, I was cleaning toilets when I was a, a venue manager at Little Creatures and, you know, like I'll, I if I get called into I that here at <laughs> Felons, I'll, I'll, I'll proudly do it. It's fine. It's part of the gig. Uh, taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I cleaned toilets at the Regatta Hotel in my first job as a glassy. And, but, but that was the thing. That never was a disincentive to the job. It's always things like management um, you know, consistency of expectation and things like that are the things that make a job terrible. Yeah. It's not necessarily the... T- I didn't love cleaning toilets, but I didn't hate it um, because you had a very clearly defined role of what your job was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a solution to that is just... I mean, you're never going to get a, a whole... Like, you're not going to get a hole in one, right? And, and it's really hard to maintain 100% strike rate and and consistency in that space i'll be the first to admit that you know at times we don't always get it right here and when we don't get it right we've got our ear open and we're ready to take the feedback on and to have a bit of a a round table discussion with our team and and kind of like change tact and and implement something differently but but, and again okay i'm i don't want to dwell too much on um you know saying that it's not actually the case that it's uh you know the best day of your life coming to work yeah but there's got to be a mindset there's got to be you know there are days when you have to think this is going to be a tough meeting this is going to be a tough situation i need to manage these staff how do i approach that and you know and anyone would naturally want to be somewhere else but yeah there's got to be a mindset you bring to that yeah that sort of makes the the, the frames your world around that yeah 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 i mean some of those conversations you're having like some of the conversations i'm having on these days where i'm bouncing out of bed are not enjoyable conversations but it's just part of it right you just have to show up Mm. if you if if you believe in what you do you got to show up you got to put your best foot forward and you got to stand for what's right essentially and 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 sometimes that's delivering not so nice feedback um to people and asking maybe certain individuals to change the way that they're approaching something because it's not gelling with your company philosophy 
yep. or how you want to do business. I think I think we're blessed here, right? Because you know, I take a look over my shoulder while I'm chatting you guys right now. We're on the Brisbane River. Mm. So a lot of that 700 people that come to work each day, they get to look out and they've got this beautiful surroundings. So, you know, we're, 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 we're you know, privileged in that respect to have that environment around us. But we don't take it for granted, I guess, is the point. I, I still think that Little Creatures, you know, 23 years on um, is, is one of the real touch points for, for the brewing industry, both in hospitality. I remember walking into Fremantle in about 2004, 2005, and going, this is the future of, and that's not me exaggerating, like I'm just going, this is the future of Australian pubs. Um, this is what people want pubs to be. And there's a little bit of that DNA in every brew pub that's opened since. Yep, yep. But it was I believe also that. the hospitality. It was, and I was there five years ago and the staff were still as engaged and good. What is it about the DNA of that brand or how have they managed to keep that consistent? over such a long period of time? That's the question yeah. right there, Matt. Um, yeah, that's the question. That's the, that's the secret key. And, and I, I, well, in, in saying <laughs> that, I also have to say I've had people say to me recently that it's not what it once was. So well, I went there recently with Tom. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, we were both back. there. And I was, I was really impressed at the okay. at this service that I received and nobody knew who I was in terms of hospitality so there was no preconceived notion of giving me any special treatment or anything like that we had a really good time the waiter came up she introduced herself she was uh, proud to be herself that was the first thing that I received yep. out of the communications is that she obviously she works in an environment where she was allowed to be who she was um and she said hey guys you know we've got this qr code on the table or i'm here to take your order you can take your choice you just let me know which way you want to go and we'll cater your experience accordingly um and we were like now nah, you look like you like you look like fun you look like you're going to give us a really nice experience here so please like come and take our order and yeah, that was that was not even a year ago that that we had that experience of little creatures in Fremantle. So it, it, it's funny, I, and I wasn't even talking about the service element of it. It was more that that warehouse um, aesthetic that has become standard for, for for craft beer. Oh, the design, yeah, yeah, it has become a little bit dated. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but it's yeah. interesting. But, um, well, I don't know if that design has become dated. I don't know, like you know, that space was going to become a Starbucks at one point, right? Like that was that was the whole whole deal and I'm sure you've got another podcast that people can tune into to tap into that whole idea. But I'm sure we've spoken to Phil about that. It's yeah. a story that he talks about. They were, yeah. I think at three o'clock in the morning, they had an emergency meeting with the partners and yeah. decided, why are we doing this? We want to make beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to felons, so this is an original 1935 wharf storage facility um, so for Adam Flaskus, who's the founder and director of, of Felons and Howard Smith Wharves, it was really natural for him. That's part of his passion to just let um, the wolves speak, if you can, and not, and not kind of tamper with the historical nature of the building. So for Felons, there's a bit of a natural progression in that space. But yeah, you're right, Matt. I see that in Gage Roads in Fremantle, you know, at Well, the that e was the contrast that was actually drawn was... There's just been, because it's a new venue, they were able to modernise the Little Creatures concept a little bit. Um, was uh, And I, I need to get over and get to both of them to, to really, but it's just You haven't been to Gage? I've been to Gage, but I haven't been to both. Um, it's been a couple of years since I've been to Little Creatures yeah, okay. just to see whether they've uh, modernised um, yeah. in the change. But I, I don't want to dwell on that because I don't think... Um, yeah, Not I, the topic. <laughs> well, it, 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 there is no topic. It's a conversation. Um, That's the way. <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say is I, I really heard when you said that the thing that you identified about the staff member that served you at Little Creatures was yeah. they were themselves. They were unapologetically yes. themselves. And that's one of the things I found in every one of the restaurants here is that the staff here was – is that your doing? Or I, oh, I think really it's a team. I think it's a team – um, effort in that space but 
you know, every human being is beautiful by their own right and they all have their own idiosyncrasies and I think we need to celebrate those. Um, you know, we live, we live in 2023, of course, everybody knows that, but let's just sink, let that sink in for a moment. Like, there's a lot of history behind us, right? A lot of learnings, a lot of ways people have been um, and that, you know, the way... You know ways that we should be and i think this industry in particular which is connected to craftsmanship which is connected to passion which is connected to a, a philosophy or a belief system of making something the right way you know um i, I think treating your people in a way that's similar to that is is not wild it's not it's not anything different it's it should be a natural extension but again i'm, I'm fascinated uh, we're completely off uh, off topic That's here, okay. but, I'm, but i'm fascinated because i'm i'm really i have to say enamored by the way that you say that because the staff express themselves very much as individuals yeah whilst giving a very consistent experience in terms of the hospitality service and yeah you know the the, the number of times I've come here, and I'm, as Tom said, I'm one of these people that anyone who's in Brisbane, I bring them here because where else would you bring them in Brisbane? But every time the standard of service is exceptional, even though the expression of the individual is completely unique. Like the, 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 yeah, yeah. We're, we're, anyone that's listening to this removed from this environment needs to come here and experience it yeah but yeah yeah particularly when you go to the restaurants the staff are very unique and yet there is a consistently high standard of what is their service role yeah how, how do you manage that let people be themselves while still having an expectation for the manifestations of the service yeah yeah that's a really good question. I, I honestly think that we're not actually forcing anything in that space. I think it's listening to the community. I think it's understanding what makes Brisbane as a city and, and the lifestyle that people live within this city. Um, you know, like, like learning and listening to the way of life of this city and allowing your team members to to move freely within that framework. Um, you know, the guys in the brewery are so stoked to turn up to work each day. I see it on their face every day. We all just kind of give each other high fives. And, um, and I, I feel like that comes back to the type of person that Tom is and how allowing Tom and Lincoln, the head brewer, to just let people bring themselves to work. Um, you don't you don't need to wear a tie. You don't need to wear a suit. It's about like celebrating what's special about drinking an icy cold beer on the Brisbane River. Um, you know, embodying that kind of sense of what we call the good life. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Does it like for me? It's not rocket science it's just we're, we're very well, so blessed it, and we're very that's lucky where i would disagree with you because it may not be rocket science but maybe it's not it's easy time. because otherwise everyone would do it yeah yeah maybe it's just time for me being in the saddle like you know working for little creatures for the amount of time that i did and then you know i sold i sold beer for a company that didn't work out in victoria for four years, Barrow Boys Brewing, um, R.I.P. Stormy Lager was the best. Great beer, but no, absolutely. Um, I was going to say great beer. You know, and and I don't know. Maybe it's just the the, the, the all the different kind of facets of that journey for me. Um, that's that's allowed me the privilege to kind of let all these people have fun. Um, but you know, it's from the top down. But still Adam, having the clear owner, expectations of what their job entails or you know, of, of, of the experience that they're supposed to deliver clearly yeah well you got to show up right mm. like i mean we we have hard conversations with people day in day out doesn't mean that you can't be be happy and be positive um i think a lo i think sometimes people 
look at those tasks, whether it's hospitality, whether it's brewing, oh, I've got to deliver this bad news to somebody as being a wait. But it, it, it doesn't have to be a wait. It can be like, hey, like, sorry, but I've got to have a pretty real conversation with you right now about you not doing this potentially the way that's in line with our philosophy or our business. But hey, if you're all good, like we'll just kind of tweak things and you'll level up and we'll be all fine and, and you know, we're all good. I think it's the delivery maybe. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like if, you, if you're just an honest human being and you're having that kind of, if you show up and you have that honest feedback to people, then yeah, you're good. And if people don't decide to kind of join you in that journey, then I think you're really clear in who's with you in on your path and who's not. And then it, I guess you kind of go, okay, cool, no sweat. Like this hasn't really worked out for whatever reason. And there's no bad blood or anything mm. along those lines. Um, but yeah, we'll just potentially go separate ways if that's the way that it leads to or not. I don't know, it's just showing up. Hey, yeah, like, I'd, I'd, I'd just asking the questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That, but that's how, how, it, how I see it anyway. Let's talk about lager. Um, because again, I bloody going love back, lager. But going back to little creatures, you know, little creatures pale ale. That was the future of craft beer, and yet we've come full circle where we've had sour beer festivals, we've had hazy beer festivals, we've had festivals where you brew the weirdest thing that you can. And now we're coming back to lagers, Tom. What's the, you know, have we closed the circle, closed the loop on on, on beer that lager is now the the, the, the cool kit? I had a good think before this chat. You were about worried this. about what I was going to ask. Not at all. No, <laughs> I just wanted to. I wanted to genuinely reflect about the industry and and um, beer in Australia and and why I think there is this because there is there's this natural sort of boom of crispies, right? The crispy yeah. boy is coming back and 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 people are really vibing on it. Whereas when we ten years ago, you and I, lager was a dirty word. It was. It was, it was absolutely, it was, absolutely. It, it, yeah. And we used to we had little creatures pilsner. Because you wouldn't say lager, you just drop the, you use pilsner instead. Because but then pilsners make, don't sell. Pilsners don't sell either. No, that's right. <laughs> I Learn love that pretty quick. I, I love that beer. I, yeah, I, but um, but the, the the concept that lager was bad and what everything else was kind of good, and the, there was this connotation that's been associated with the word lager for so long, um, and I reflected on that, and you know what I think it is. I mean. So lagers have been brewed for well, over 600 years. I, I don't. You're, you're more of a beer historian than I am, absolutely. Um, oh. But a long, long time. Yep. It's, it's, there's all this tradition. Um, ironically, the first hopped beers in the world, I believe. Noble hops coming from Europe. Could be. Again, I, 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 I don't have my library. My quick Google. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't trust Google. <laughs> You've been practicing I've also re- I've read some books. I read some books. Okay. Um, but no, I, I think, um, so Lagers is this huge amount of tradition and, and, and decades, centuries of perfecting this, this product. Um, and in Australia, you know, we just haven't been doing it that long. And I think what we grew up with understanding as Lager was us making a beer with not the best raw materials, without the knowledge, potentially without the equipment, without the discipline for cold chain and keeping things um, cold in a, in a climate like Australia. So we've created this product, lager, that just tastes crap, basically. And, but it's, it's all that Did was it available. Did it taste crap or... Don't you remember having a tin, like a tinny of... I won't name names. No, right? no, okay. But, but you have a tinny and it's like, yeah, you got to have it ice cold, right? Because once it warms up, you won't want to have it. And it's yeah. like, that's... I had a uh, bad good. introduction to beer... Uh, through my dad, no disrespect to him because he's a legend, someone that I look up to massively. But my my introduction to lager were the beers that he had in his, or beer, not lager, beer. My introduction to beer were the beers that he had in his fridge mm. when I grew up in Victoria. And these were mainstream uh, lagers at the time. This would have been as early as, you know, 2000 and, or maybe 2000 and beyond um and i didn't feel like they were yum <laughs> i didn't feel like they were balanced i didn't feel like they were delicious i didn't feel How like how old were you though because again because there's a whole discussion we can have about things italian so i think he was maybe okay. nine at the time oh, <laughs> no, i'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I was fed uh, homemade red wine at a very young age but 
Yeah, like I had a taste for yeah. for, for booze and for good good alcohol. Okay. Um, yeah, well, but that's where there was so much about the taste of beer. You know, yeah. like I, I, my earliest memories was the best thing you could do was pour your dad's beer at the end of a day or when he had friends over and he would send you to the fridge for the old long neck, the, 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 the tallie. So we're getting new beers uh, brought along. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and, and, yeah, and, and, I don't know. It was just something about um, the balance of those particular beers, and they were they were like they were very well known mainstream beers. But I, I do wonder if you had it now. Now that you've got a palate that accepts bitterness, there's a time um, and a place, yeah. Matt. Time yeah. and a place for any beer. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, but no, again, that's where I, I remember drinking the beer, pouring it. Um, and you'd get to sip the foam on top of it. Um, yeah. And you'd go, how do they drink this? Like, it's just bitter and terrible. Yeah. But then, as a 17-year-old... Then you just kind of lean in after a while. with your mates, that was the only thing that young men drank. Yeah. Um, and again, product of my time. I think this um, is what Tom's saying, though. It's about um, this treatment of the ingredients, this treatment of cold chain, and this strive for balance in beer within our industry that's now become synonymous with a very approachable lager. Yeah. You know, a very approachable flavor. But so I'd love to be teleported back with my palate now and, and loving a lager. Like the, the Felon's Crisp Lager, what I always order when I come down, because I love yeah. it. But I'd love to go back and teleport back to a time when I was 17, but with my current palate and just do a tasting of the beers I was drinking that I now want to dismiss because yeah. that was pre-craft beer. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm trying to wonder whether the lagers that we're coming to now are better and more balanced or whether our palates have just changed and we're stepping up to a good lager. I think the non-negotiable answer is that there's more, there's more lagers that are made in a well-balanced way within craft or good beer industry here in australia yep um we're getting better yeah that's what's happening is that brewers in australia we we are in a position in australia to be seen as the beer country of the world yes i know i'm not saying that the the beers are bad but i'm i'm actually defending the beers from 30 40 years ago yeah fair enough yeah and, and and wondering because when you speak to a lot of the brewers then they're saying the same things that modern lager brewers are saying now um, but we almost needed to. Maybe it's the language of the brands. Maybe, I, maybe, I, I, I think yeah, that's it. maybe, maybe it's transcending the different ages. Who I, knows? I believe there's tangible process differences that we're doing now. Okay. As we learn more. There you okay. Go. We keep beer cold, yes. fundamentally. Okay. But it, back then they weren't. It was in a shed somewhere, and it still is largely in a lot of a lot of places. But people who make good lager respect that it needs to be kept cold. All beer needs to be kept yep. cold, like milk, and you commit to that that um, cost in your business and it's a huge bloody cost yes it's massive but you commit to that to produce the best beer you can because it makes a makes a massive impact you commit to getting the best raw materials raw materials in australia have come so far in 40 years yep okay it's not just pride of Wing- ringwood anymore <laughs> all sorts of hops available well they're pulling that out they're, yeah that's it pride <laughs> of ringwood's been, yeah yeah on the, on the on the cusp of death <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah um I just, I, I genuinely think that brewers in Australia, and this, you know, I'm, I'm, oh, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, no. I'm slinging that. Yeah, <laughs> no, you love brewers it. Actually, brewers I'm loving this, Tom. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I genuinely think we're just getting better at it and better at, bit more disciplined and more educated and understanding the science of it than we were when we first started just banging out lagers back in the day. But that's true of any food stuff that with the benefit of science and research and better process, we're, all, we're always yeah. going to get better. I, I, I guess I was taking point that the suggestion that the beers were deliberately made to a lower standard 30, 40 years ago may not oh. be right. Um, not but that's sure where competition... They, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if they were. I guess the main difference for me is like ingredient integrity, right? Yeah. Like... Those, those beers that I was drinking when my dad was introducing me to beer, they didn't have real raw wheat or malt straight off the farm through a maltster and then in the beer. Or maybe hops, same yep. deal. You know what I mean? It was, it was a few steps removed there. And I felt like I could taste that. I, could, I felt like I could taste that imbalance. Mm. 
So I like honestly, I'm 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 a walking, I'm walking, I'm a walking example of somebody who tried those beers at a younger age and thought, oh, you know, beer's not really for me. Mm. And it wasn't until I had what I would coin as an epiphany beer, which we talk about a lot in our industry. What was your epiphany beer? My epiphany beer was Little Creatures Bright Ale. Bright Ale, which has yeah. just been re-released. Yeah, I heard uh, that. after eight years. Yeah, I yeah, heard yeah. That. And this this podcast is not about plugging little creatures, so we need to move on no, as no, quickly no, no, as possible. No, felons, 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 felons. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that was my epiphany no, yeah. beer. This isn't a sponsored podcast no, by anybody. No, no, but no. Certain themes may come back. Mm, mm. Uh, but, but little creatures, that bright was, ale, again. But it was little balanced, creatures, bright it was floral. Ale. It was fruity. It was refreshing. It was a beer because little creatures realised that not everyone could step up to pale ale. Yeah, and we need a an, an entry level beer. But this was. At the first flush of the craft beer revolution, yeah, um, when we thought, well, everyone's going to take the step up from lager, yeah, which brings us back to lager palooza, lager palooza, yeah, okay, yeah, next weekend we're pretty hyped about this. So just over twenty breweries down here. I, I wasn't going to make it. I wasn't, wasn't going to. What was the insight that made you think that you know we, we've got Blobfish, which is a sour beer festival, we've got yep. hazy festivals. What was the insight that made you think now is the time? for a lager festival the biggest motivation was the climate here in brisbane and southeast queensland um when when we first opened little creech uh, sorry when we first opened <laughs> felons brewing co in so even you can't <laughs> oh, mate you've <laughs> you've, tripped, you've tripped me over there uh no november 22nd which happens to be my birthday and also our hospitality general manager jim gold's birthday which is uncanny uh, 22nd of November, 2018, uh, we opened the doors to Felons Brewing Co. And we were like Australian Pale Ale all the way. Um, same recipe since the day we, we first brewed it. And we were floored because all the guys here just wanted to, all, all the guys and girls um, just really wanted a refreshing, crisp lager. And it made sense because our philosophy was a little bit like, hey, let's listen to the climate or the climate's like here in southeast Queensland. Let's make beers that people want to go back to, people that, you know, you know, uh, beers that people want to have maybe one, two, three pints of. Um, and we were floored because our crisp lager was the most popular beer from the get-go. And it still is to this day. It's my um, go-to. So kind of, you know, like that's really where Lager Palooza was born. Um, it it was that we were pleasantly surprised that Lager was our most popular beer from the day that we opened, and that it's a great opportunity to invite, um, you know, some fellow friends in the industry, both locally here in Australia, um, and a, a special international guest this year. Um, and a to, great. Like, don't just tease that because it is one of the great modern lager producers in the world. Yeah, he's, thanks, he's man. And, and funnily enough, a former Little Creatures brewer. Alex Tronkosko, <laughs> he's the man. Um, yeah, lost and grounded from Bristol in the United Kingdom. Uh, is Alex coming brewery. out or just sending the beers? I tried to get him out here. Uh, okay. Um, but he's actually on holiday, a well overdue holiday. Him and Annie have been slogging it hard since they've opened Lost and Grounded. Um, and we couldn't get them over this year, but Lager Palooza, rest assured, is an annual event. And next weekend's going to be absolutely incredible down here on the river frontage in Brisbane. But we'll build on it year on year, which we're really hyped about. Tom, one of the things that, and I've, and I've seen you quoted in the media promoting Lager Palooza saying this, is that with lagers, there's nowhere to hide. Is that true? And does that mean that every other beer is made hiding faults? It, I, I firmly believe it's true because I have said it and, <laughs> and been quoted on it. But no, no yeah. I mean, this, it, this is an industry podcast where yeah. you can say things that no one else will ever hear. So Fantastic. Love it. All right. Um, if, if you're just saying something for marketing purposes, you can admit I never say anything for marketing purposes, which makes Dean shudder. But no, I'm joking. No, no, no. I know. It's I all know. authentic. It is. It yeah. is. Um, Absolutely. I mean, just th just just think um, of a, a glass of lager next to a glass of what we're having right now, mm. a big hazy IPA. Yep. Um, you know, 
it, there is there is less. I'm, I'm glad you got that on microphone because no one thinks I drink hazy IPAs. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, there is there is less places to hide in a lager because there's less flavour, there's less bitterness. It's a crisp, refreshing. You know, we, we liken it to making clean white paper, and I might have said that way back in the the last time we spoke. But that that's making clean white paper is actually remember really that, so really hard. Yeah. It's it's a challenging thing to do. To to any any anything shows any up. imperfection is like cool. That's not right. You know, that's that should be there. That's why you don't wear white underpants. That's right. Yeah. I'm happy to go out here on the limb, but yeah. scientifically, like from a yeast flavour point of view. A lager, like a, a Saccharomyces yeast under that colder temperature, cannot produce as much flavour, say, that it would at a warmer temperature. And if it does, like it an stands ale. out. Well, then it wouldn't be a lager as well, right? But just a few, like, like just, just some like very common faults like diacetyl, oxidation, um, DMS. You know, if, you, if you've got a really heavily hopped beer... At a low level, they'll cruise through. You won't. You won't perceive. I do a lot of beer judging. You won't perceive them. You won't. They'll. They'll be able to go through. But when it comes to the lager round, the smallest note of DMS, bang, yeah, that's got. It, it, yep. it, there is no. There is no other big hoppy aromas that will 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 cover that up. There is no big bitter or sweet palate that's going to. Sweetness is the best masker of faults out there. Really, sugar is. You know, a very very sweet product could have all sorts of stuff happening underneath but the palate is only receiving the sweetness so um so yeah i still stand by that 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 lager is clean white paper it's very very hard to make without fault um but for whatever reason over the the years that we've we've been brewing in australia it's sort of been perceived as this sort of less less premium or or, or you know lower product um but we're yeah yeah, I stand by it. I stand by lager. <laughs> There's nowhere to hide in a good, well-made lager. Absolutely. The beautiful thing about lager, in my opinion, is uh, lager is very open and accessible to a wide audience. Yep. Um, and we experience that here at Howard Smith Wharves and in our venues here, um, the, the, the brewery and the Felons Barrel Hall venue. Um you know, lager, lager kind of appeals to a pretty wide demographic. So for me, Lagerpalooza was a really exciting concept to get, a, get behind because it was about like, okay, hang on. If we do this right, if we can deliver an incredible food experience, if we can deliver an incredible festival experience, entertainment, uh, live music, we've, we've, we've actually got a dunkle tank um so there will be brewers that you can throw a ball at a target which will dunk the brewer into a dunkle into dunkle we may asphyxiate no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) it might be beer i'm not sure we're just waiting to see how this next beer turns out doing the risk assessment (laughs) it could be brisbane river water but uh, yeah oh river water no 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 no. beer for sure you could get a shark Okay, now yeah, I'm, no, yeah okay. jump in, jump in. I, I'm, just very mi- I'm just very, very mindful of time. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we'll get to the ad now. Tell us the dates, entry prices, all of that sort of thing. I'll, I'll, I'll let you sort of promote the. Yeah, uh, for sure. Now. Okay. Yeah, so I guess that's my job. So it's uh, Saturday the 30th of September, Sunday the 1st of October. So and when this goes out, it'll be the upcoming Saturday for Brisbane listeners. Yep, perfectly. Come down this Saturday, 30th of September, Sunday the 1st of October, and Monday, yep, bonus round. you got a long weekend, people. There you go, long weekend. So Monday the 2nd of October, King's birthday long weekend. Pop it in your calendar. We'd love to see you down on the lush lawns at Howard Smith Wharves. And tell us about the beers we're going to try, because they're not all going to be just pale, fizzy yellow lagers. Tom, we've got 40-plus 40, 40 lagers, mate. Absolutely. I mean, we've got some of the Summarize. best... Some of the best brewers in Australia and abroad. Yep. We've talked about Lost and Grounded, but um, some of the best brewers coming along, people that are passionate about good lager. Um, Without and singling anyone out, just tell us the sort of lagers. Are they going to be Dunkles? Are they going to be Schwartz beers? 100%. Yeah, be yeah, absolutely. There'll every be shade of lager. Schwartz beers, Pilsners. Barrel-aged lager? Um, that would definitely have barrel aged lager, okay. absolutely. Um, dare I say a little steam beer in there? Maybe someone's bringing a steam beer. We'll see. The, is uh, that a lager? The lager that's that's not lager. Some say. <laughs> I think it is because I'm a yeast guy. But you know, if you're a, if you're a fermentation temperature guy, maybe not. <laughs> okay. Um, 
but yeah, it's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite amazing. Um, and it's so uh, it's been so fun, um, you know, talking to the brewers about coming along to do it, and and everyone's so pumped. Yeah, all the brewers are really really pumped about a lager festival, and I think because it's a little bit a little bit different and it's yep. a little bit naturally what what brewers are starting to get into in terms of you know you go home after a hard day of work and you just enjoy a nice yeah it's just not too like, serious i guess yeah. that was kind of the caveat it's Mate, like it is serious we again i like to well, say to make a good lager is we, we serious. take beer seriously we don't take ourselves seriously and yeah. we don't promote events on this and this is a non-sponsored event but i'm Lager is my beer, and I'm very excited about it. So I'm looking forward to uh, yeah. to coming along. We will be just on top of this with the beers. We will be releasing our um, New Zealand Pilsner with a experimental hop out of New Zealand, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, I'll say no more. I'll let those that come down discover for themselves. But it's um, it's a super exciting beer. The the team have done such a good job here to pull that one together. Um, and the, this this experimental hops coming out of New Zealand are. Uh, world class at the moment they're really really interesting and fascinating so it's an exciting time to be a brewer looking forward to it well tom champion dean romeo thank yeah. you very very much uh, great chat thanks uh, man. i'm glad we got <laughs> to capture a little bit of this on mic because it was a great two hours beforehand yeah yeah absolutely man we'll probably no, what, thank chat you for, for another us. couple of hours after this <laughs> as well, <laughs> well no yes, here we go <laughs> have us on anytime cheers and that was dean romeo and tom champion from felons brewing if you're listening to this before the long weekend, and despite the big weekend of footy, you can find a link in the show notes to Lagerpalooza. It will be a great festival with some great beers. And if you get in really quick, you can even come along this Saturday to a beer and caviar tasting that I'm having as a little bit of fun. With all of the discussions around elevating beer, I had the opportunity and I took it. And you can find a link into the show notes if you'd like to come and see what beer and fish eggs taste like. Now, if you work in the brewing industry and are listening to this, you're not alone. You're one of many. We're told that we reach the people who make the decisions in the brewing industry and you can have their ear too. Shoot through an email to sam at brewsnews.com.au to find out how you can advertise to the smartest people in the brewing industry. We'll be back this Friday with Brews News Week with all of the insights and analysis from the last seven days of industry news. Thank you for listening.